Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanangamurtaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Nirambaya Tejase Mutanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhāta-kāyaika-de-hāyā-nāmaste-chit-sarātmane Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurabe Namaha Om Svarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own beingness, your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Inside and outside, all at the same time. This is one of my favorite phrases. Inside and outside, all at the same time. I even named one of my books by this title, Yoga inside and outside. It's a description of enlightenment when you are embodied consciousness knowing your own self while living in the world and contributing to it, inside and outside. Ah, uh, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't that backwards? Inside and outside? Shouldn't it be outside and inside? 
Someone asked me this when the book was first published. Did the publishers print the title wrong? Isn't this in the wrong order? You see, when you hear the guided awareness in your Swarupa yoga class in Shavasana, the phrase is outside and inside all at the same time. But the book is titled Inside and Outside. Can you hear the difference? With the guided awareness, we're trying to get you into your body. Since your mind is usually scattered across the universe and can even be in the past and future at the same time, you're rarely in your body. Yogic technology uses your body and breath to get you actually to inhabit your body. Why? It opens up a profound mystical state. When you get present in your body, you are present. You've begun weaving the fragmented parts of yourself back into a whole. It's a profound step toward wholeness, which is a step toward consciousness, which is your own self, which is found inside. So in Shavasana, we recognize you've not really been embodied for a while, maybe since your last yoga class. So we guide you through being aware of your body outside and inside. This includes your skin, the outer layer of your body, and inside your muscles and bones and internal organs. But what happens is that as you become more aware of the physical reality of all ten toes, all at the same time, and through your feet and the ankles and lower legs and knees and thighs, you become present inside. More of the multidimensionality of your own being becomes clear. You may begin to feel the pranic enlivenment spreading throughout, even areas that have been shut down for a long time. They begin to awaken and come alive again. I remember a woman who came to a yoga pain clinic that I was teaching some time ago. And as she came in the door, she had on some orthopedic shoes and one leg had a molded plastic brace on it. And while she saw other people taking off their shoes to go from the entry into the yoga room, she said, the shoes hold the brace in place and I can't take the brace off. I said, okay. And this particular program, I start by finding out, where do you hurt? Anybody want to point? Where do you hurt? Nobody hurts? <laughs> yeah. And so I have people talk about what aches and pains brought them to a yoga pain clinic. And then I explain a bit from yoga's perspective of what's going on compared to the medical paradigm. You know, I go around the room talking to different people. Well, she didn't say that she hurt, but she came in with this leg brace and had to wear shoes. So. Finally, everyone else had spoken, so I turned to and I asked, what's going on? And she explained. She said, I had a spinal surgery, and the surgeon made a mistake. 
and he cut off the blood supply to my leg and they had to stitch it all back together and it took too long and my leg was severely damaged. It started to die. And so I've had a lot of pain as I've been dragging around this leg. And then she said, but now it hurts. It hurts all the time. They tell me this is a good thing, but it's excruciating pain 24 seven because it's coming alive again. I said, yes, it's called enervation. Denervation is when it goes numb, denervated. And enervation being innervated. Enervation means it's coming alive again. This is indeed good news. She said, well, I have a lawsuit going on. A malpractice lawsuit against the surgeon and, um, you know, court's coming up in a couple of months and I expect to get a nice award. And I said, well, can't help you with the award or not, but let's see if I can help you with the pain. I've never had anyone come to me with this, so I don't really know what's going to happen. And then I led her along with everybody else through the magic four. Some of you know the magic four. And at the end of the whole process, you know, we end up lying on the floor with everybody in a twist. And then I have people roll over on their side and just hang out there for a little bit and notice how they feel, sit up, maybe walk around, notice if there's any change in their body. And I asked for a report. She didn't get up. And I thought, oh, my God, what did I do to her? <laughs> she didn't get up. She didn't get up. Everybody else was up. They were starting to talk. She didn't get up. And so finally I asked her, I said, how are you? And she got up slowly and she moved gingerly and she got up and she had her shoes on with her brace and she walked around and she said, the pain is gone. It's been three years and the pain is gone. I said, okay, this stuff works. That's good. So I said, you know, you should come back tomorrow and we'll set you up in some gentle classes and move you through the process slowly because it's likely to come back. It's just the beginning of a process. Okay, I'll be here tomorrow. She never showed up again. You know why? She had a lawsuit going on. And if she wasn't in pain, she wasn't going to win. Yeah. But in fact, the pain in her leg was an indication, even before yoga, that it was coming alive again. Enervation isn't always pleasant. So you can be lying there in Shavasana going through a guided awareness and you become aware of your body outside and inside and the pranic energies start to flow and you start to feel things you didn't feel before good in shavasana we're guiding you from outside inward by using this phrase outside and inside your body's coming alive again once you're all the way in there once you actually begin to live in this thing called your body and you're present in your own presence you perceive your body differently and you perceive the outside world differently as well just as you're more alive you see the aliveness of the universe and everything in it you recognize the one reality the formless essence of beingness being every form that exists. So you're inside and you include the outside in your awareness. This is Tantra, which means loom, 
literally the interweaving of your divinity into mundane life. And then nothing is mundane. It's all scintillating consciousness. Oh, Shiva. Inside and outside. Most of the other yogic systems and meditative systems say you must leave the world. It's too distracting, and you'll never find yourself, your divine essence, if you live in the world, they say. So for eons, yogis have been leaving the world to live in forests, in high mountain caves, in remote and solitary locations, or in ashrams, where once they check in, they never leave again. The Desert Fathers did the same in Egypt and Palestine since before Jesus. Jesus did some of it too. Monks and nuns have been running away from the world, living in cloisters and remote islands, not merely for hundreds of years, but for more than a thousand years. A few years ago, I visited an ashram that runs this way. While I was on retreat in India, I went to visit an ashram that I'd heard and read about. I wanted to understand more about how they ran their sannyasa program, how they trained people who wanted to become swamis, and how they supported them after that initiation. I learned a lot, both what I wanted to include in Swarupavidya Ashram's sannyas program, as well as what I had to leave out. Now, if you wanted to study in that ashram, when you arrived, you left your cell phone and other electronics in the front office at the Entregate. You got a locker for all your electronics and other valuables. And you got a lock and a key. You kept the key. You locked your stuff up and didn't have access to it until you left. The minimum stay is a year. No communications with family. No walks outside the ashram property. No trips to Starbucks. Oh, wait, there's no Starbucks there. Leaving the world behind in order to find the self. We don't do this. We find self a different way. That's because this is a Shaktipat tradition. When you receive Shaktipat initiation, your own self is awakened to arise within you, to transform you from the inside outward. Aha! There we are! From the inside outward. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I didn't make it up. Sutra 16 of the Pratyabhinna Hridayam says, Chirananda labhe dehadishu chetya maneshvapi chirai kyatma pratipati dardyam jivam muktihi. Attaining the bliss of consciousness, even while the body and world are being experienced, thus established in the experiential knowing of being consciousness, the yogi is jivam mukti fully liberated, mukti, while being alive, jiva. This is the goal. Enlightenment, liberation, jivan mukti, being liberated, knowing that you're consciousness while you're alive. Fully established in the experiential knowing, not the knowing of consciousness, but the knowing of being consciousness. You don't know consciousness within you as though it's something separate from you. You know that you are consciousness. Consciousness knows itself. 
This is Jivan Mukti. I'll go through the sutra again. Attaining the bliss of consciousness, even while the body and world are being experienced. Thus established in the experiential knowing of being consciousness, the yogi is Jiva Mukti, fully liberated while being alive. Established in the experiential knowing of being consciousness, you know who you are. So you attain the bliss of consciousness, the sutra says, even while the body and world are being experienced. You don't leave the world to attain this. The way you attain this is, after receiving Shaktipat, you cultivate the knowing of your own self, even in the midst of life. Yes, you must meditate. Meditation is the most important practice, as I described last week. But meditation is not enough. If you meditate a lot, let's say even an hour a day, there are 23 hours in the day when you're not meditating. So you're focusing on consciousness only one twenty-fourth of your day. This is not a good proportion if you want to get enlightened. Some of you want more, so some of you meditate more. You can go to the max of meditating three hours a day. That is, if you keep your mobile phone and drive a car, your limit then is three hours per day. If you want to give me your phone and your car keys, then I'll let you meditate more. But if you're going to keep your phone and your car keys, your max is three hours a day. But even if you meditate three hours a day, you've got, do the math, 21 hours when you're not meditating. The proportion isn't good. So you might think you have to leave the world. I thought so. I packed up and moved into my Baba's ashram, leaving family, work, and home, leaving the world behind. (sighs) Oh, but I took my mind with me. Ouch! And when I got to the ashram, I discovered that the world came there. (laughs) Everyone who came to be initiated by my Baba, to be inspired and uplifted by him, to be healed and even to get enlightened, they all brought their minds with them too. Double ouch. Bottom line, it's impossible to leave the world. You can get a mountain or a desert cabin. You can live by yourself, have your food delivered, see no one. Sounds a bit like a pandemic. But you're still in the world. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, as long as you're breathing, you're still performing actions. You're still in the world. It's true. You're affected by gravity and sunlight. You still eat and excrete and bathe. You still need basic supplies from the world, which means you get those supplies from other people in the world. You have a body. You're in the world. And leaving your body doesn't help you get enlightened. You actually need a body to get enlightened. Your body is a concentrated form of consciousness. You are an incarnation of consciousness itself. Your body is the carne of incarnated. 
So you need to take care of it. This is where enlightenment happens, right here in your body, right here in this world. Meditation alone is not enough. If you meditate a lot, even three hours a day, there's 21 hours when you're not meditating. I still say it's not a good proportion. You must cultivate your sense of self, meaning the inner knowing of your own divinity, even in the midst of life. Same sutra. Sutra 16 from the Pratyabhinna Hridaya. Chirananda labhe de harishu chetya maneshvapi. Chirai katmya pratipati dardyam jiva muktihi. Attaining the bliss of consciousness, even while the body and world are being experienced. Thus established in the experiential knowing of being consciousness, the yogi is jivan mukti, fully liberated while being alive. That's why I have been known from time to time to recommend that you repeat mantra all the time. Otherwise, I have to ask you, what are you doing with your mind? Or worse, what is your mind doing to you? In this month's teachings article, I described it this way. You're used to focusing on the surface level of your being, constructing your sense of selfhood from the churning of your thoughts and emotions like waves marching across the surface of the ocean. But you have depths. These depths are worth exploring. This is yoga's purpose, to introduce you to the dimensionality of your own being. Yes, yoga gives you access to your inner depths. Especially Shaktipat makes that easy. You discover you are not the waves on the surface of the ocean. You are not your mind. You are the whole ocean, the ocean of consciousness. You are Shiva. But you don't lose the waves when you become the ocean. You will still have a mind. It even works better once you know the self, for the illumination of consciousness shines through your mind. The ocean will always have waves. They are part of the ocean. You get to surf. You can laugh and cry. You can share with others, give to them and receive from them. You can enjoy the beauty of the world and how it fills up your senses. John Denver sang for us once. He sang for Baba and I was there. You fill up my senses. While John was singing, Baba's translator was translating the words into Hindi. And as John was singing, you fill up my senses like a night in the forest. Baba threw his arms in the air and he began bouncing in his chair and said, yes, yes, yes. But John was singing about from the outside in and Baba was dancing because it was for him from the inside out. The self fills up your senses. 
Enlightenment doesn't make you blind or deaf. It doesn't take away your ability to taste and feel things. You have a body. You have a mind, but you're not trapped by them. You experience your body by being the one who has this body. You are not your body. You are the one who lives in it. You experience your mind like the waves on the surface of the ocean, but you're watching them from underneath like a scuba diver. You live in the dimensionality of your own shivaness, O oh, Shiva. Instead, too much of the time right now, you're drowning in the waves. But you're not the waves. You are the ocean, the whole ocean, O oh, Shiva. This means you take your own self with you when you go into the world. While you are eating, you are Shiva. While you are driving, you are Shiva. While you are talking and while you are listening to someone else, you are Shiva. While you do whatever it is that you are doing, you are Shiva, doing this thing. This is not so hard. You know how it works when you fall in love. You could still go to work, you still see the other people in your life, and you do all the other things you're supposed to do, but inside you feel differently. You have a little grin on your face all the time. Well, the self is even better. The light of consciousness arises within and fills your body, mind, and heart with bliss. A grin is not enough. It's your inner state that matters. When you're cranky, when you're angry or anxious, you're not being yourself. You can even say it this way. I don't feel like myself today. Like we say about someone who's being a little pissy, like Ben's boss, maybe. He got up on the wrong side of the bed. When you're out of sorts or full of blame or wanting to run away and hide, you're just not your self. You've lost your own self. When you're experiencing your own self, you're deep and you're radiant. All your reactivity melts away like fog under sunlight. It's just gone. You're compassionate and understanding. You can see how things work and how to help the process along. You're enthusiastic and helpful. You like to participate. You're full of life and have joy to share. It's called the bliss of consciousness arising from within. So when you're not feeling like yourself, you need a five-minute recess. Just step back. Maybe step outside or go take a long bathroom break. Nobody ever complains about that. And do mantra repetition out loud. If you're somewhere that you can do it, shout it. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Or if you need to be a little more discreet, you can whisper it. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. 
Silent repetition is good too, but that's the doorway to meditation. And if you're not feeling like yourself in the midst of life, you're wanting the mantra to help you with life. For that out loud japa is better. Repeat the mantra aloud for the classic 108 times. We'll do it together in a little bit. So most of you already know how. You can count it on your beads if you have them. I recommend Rudraksha beads. And you move one bead with each mantra. Om Namah Shivaya. 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 Speaking it, thinking it, seeing the japa beads, moving with your hands. You're engaging multiple senses. Or you can count it on your fingers. I've posted YouTube videos for both of these that teach you how to use the beads or how to count to 108 on your fingers. Now, when you're really off kilter, when you're a long way from self, it might take two rounds, it might take 10 minutes, but then you'll be you again. And if you don't count repetitions, just do 10 minutes, and you will be you again. You'll be ready to take yourself with you into life, into the very same situation. You walk back in, but you'll be different inside. In the Yoga Sutras, the sage Patanjali defines yoga practice this way. He says the practice is maintaining your state. Sutra 1.13, Chapter 1, Sutra 13 says, Tatrastitao yatno vyasaha. Yoga practice is the effort to remain free of mental activities. He wants you to have a quiet mind, a peaceful mind, a mind shining with light, a mind that taps into your heart and even deeper so you can radiate consciousness into the world. I want you to have a quiet mind, an open heart, Lots of breathing space in your lungs, a long and supple spine, bounce in your step, and yogic vitality that powers you through life. You get to pick where you power through and what you will give to the world, but you have to draw deep if you want to have anything at all to give. Life is not about what you get. Life is about what you give. When you die, will people gather around and say, oh, she was a great receiver. She took a lot. She ate a lot. She always wanted more and more of everything. Or he was always angry and resistant, full of blame and selfish. Is this how you will be remembered? If you're like that, people won't even gather. Instead, maybe they will say, she was a light shining into the world, caring and supportive, but without taking over. She was generous and shared what she had and what she knew. She always looked for ways to help, not just family and friends, but the whole world. Or he cared about others, was understanding, even while living up to his own highest standards. He did more than he was asked to do offering his time and energy, even when it was hard. 
I remember a woman telling me about her husband who had unfortunately recently died. This was in India, a woman I'd known for more than 10 years. She said, I didn't know how great he was. After he died, people came to me and said, your husband helped me when I was in need. He bought food for my family. He paid our rent. He helped me with this situation and that. She told me, I didn't know he did these things. He never bragged about it or wanted to be publicly thanked. He made a difference in so many people's lives. How do you want to live? Focused on what you can get or what you can give? When you're based in self, love and creativity flow from the source which is your own self. You have more energy, you're more alive. You have more clarity, you're more intelligent. You have more creativity, you're better at problem solving. You have more heart, for you're drawing from the mystical heart of consciousness, some vid, your own essence. Meditation does not make you indrawn and separate from the world. Meditation gives you the depth and strength, and energy that fuels your life. But you have to take yourself with you into life. Or when you're not feeling like yourself, just take a recess. I'm not feeling like myself right now. I need a break. Five minutes of japa. Maybe ten. And you are yourself again. Now you've got something to share to share with the outside because you're based inside again, inside and outside, all at the same time. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.